This episode is dedicated to my mom, the late Iceland Stone, who passed away from cancer in 2017 and used to make a mean bottle of sorrow. Enjoy the show. Wine and hip hop. Wine and music. Tell me about it. You know what it is? Check this out. Oh, yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the, the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Uh. The nah, nah, nah. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I got my brethren in here. One of my boys, Jackie Summers, a.k.a. Jack from Brooklyn. How many What's AKAs up? What's you up? got, Jack? Nah, that's good. I, I only need to do... I'm trying to say a step ahead of the law. You're trying to ID me out here. <laughs> that's the only thing people need to know. Jackie Summers, Jack from Brooklyn. That's enough. Right, 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 right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Hell yes. Um, this is this is a very special show for a lot of different reasons. Um, so... Jack is an incredible human being. I, I won't do him the disservice of uh, trying to tell his story for him. He'll he'll get into that. But um, you know, something that really stands out is Jack is the creator of the liqueur sorrow. This man has brought sorrow to market, y'all. Shout to all my yardies. But but you don't know how the program work called still. Um well, we got Jack here. He brought style to market. How? <laughs> the, how the, the how? the how? How did you get here? <laughs> I had a cancer scare. almost died. Short, The super short version is in 2010, my doctor found a golf ball-sized tumor inside my spine. And he told me, you have a 95% chance of death and a 50% chance of paralysis if you live. You need to organize your paperwork, right? So I lived. But the question now is, what do you really want to do with yourself? And what I really wanted to do was day drink. <laughs> I want to be around cool-ass people, middle of the day, middle of the week, uh, having good conversation and good food and good drink. And I wanted to monetize it. And I thought to myself, why in the world would anyone pay me to hang out and drink? You're a cool dude. Yeah, but like <laughs> that's not enough to pay people for. <laughs> So my family's Caribbean. On my father's side, St. Kitts and Nevis, and my mother's side, Barbados. I mm. was raised with sorrel, and I've been making my own version in my kitchen for almost 20 years. And I, I thought about it, and I couldn't understand why nobody was producing a professional alcoholic version of this. Crazy. So the joke I tell people at this point is, if you think you have an idea that's so good, no one's ever thought of it before, it's probably a terrible idea. <laughs> it's probably a reason no one has done this before. But I decided I was going to take my personal recipe for sorrel and make it into a marketable professional beverage. Do you remember how sorrel was introduced to you? Like Caribbean Day Parade. I was like six years old. <laughs> We're out on Eastern Parkway. There's two million people out. And like, I didn't care about dancing and music. I wanted the food. Yeah. I wanted jerk spice and curry. And like, I saw this red drink and I was like, mommy, what's that? 
that's 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 all, son. So like, I was like five or six, right? When I fell in love, not just with sorrel, but with Caribbean food, mm-hmm. the spices, the flavors, the way things are layered. So this has been part of my life, all my life. Right, right. And you know what? I'm thinking we. I got a little bit ahead of it because, you know, we grew up with it. We know what it is. There's a lot of people listening that didn't, that do not know what sorrel is. So here's the super short version of the history. Mm. Uh, they first started to bring hibiscus flowers in from West Africa with the transatlantic slave trade back in the 1600s. It's incredibly uh, medicinal. It's uh, an antioxidant. It's an antimicrobial. It's a natural. Uh, it's a natural aphrodisiac. It has all these hey great now. health benefits. <laughs> and they would make this tea. And then because British uh, sailors had rum as a part of the stipend, they would put rum in the tea to stabilize it. And that was the basic of how a drink came. Sorrel was born. Damn. And it started as tea. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. But, but here's the fun part. It, what other spices you got combined with? Depending on where you fell on the spice route. So if you were high up in the spice route like Jamaica, you would get hibiscus with allspice and cinnamon, allspice and uh, like a cardamom and uh, ginger yeah. and rum because yeah. everything in Jamaica yeah, is rum. Ginger and rum, that's important. You, you go further down on the spice route to like Trinidad and Tobago, you've got different, different influences. Now you got clove and cinnamon and nutmeg. So... My version isn't a specific island. It's kind of what the whole Caribbean did well. So mm. there's hibiscus flowers with cinnamon, ginger, clove, and nutmeg. Uh, it's about 15% alcohol, so it's about the strength of a, of a fortified wine. And it's smooth. Very smooth. Like We're drinking sour right now. You, you don't taste the alcohol yeah, in this. Not at all. There's no ethanol at all on no, the nose. And definitely. if you're not careful, you could kill a bottle in one sitting. Yeah, we about we, we about all, to. We, almost, <laughs> <laughs> we got a sec we got a second joint coming up, but yeah. Uh so I'm sorry. You were um so you you wanted to day drink and again, trying to shorten the story, it took right. me six months to perfect a shelf stable version of this in my kitchen. Mm. I don't have a background in food chemistry, I'm just stubborn as fuck. I can curse, right? Yeah. Oh Good. yeah. Fuck a- yeah. Absolutely. Right. Excellent. Nah, shit yeah, we definitely <laughs> perfected uh, the recipe in my kitchen, wrote the business plan, launched a distillery. This was in 2012. I like how you like just lightly, like, yeah, you know, launch a distillery. <laughs> that's real shit, man. That is, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, but he, that's he, how it works. But here's the thing, right? My superpower is I'm too dumb to know what I cannot do. Like, if I had any idea mm. that the shit I was doing was impossible, but I didn't know any better. It was like, oh, yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I kind of had no idea how hard it was, and it kind of didn't make a difference. Because my feeling is the time that you spend thinking about how hard something is is time wasted. You could be doing the shit. Right. Right? So I didn't know when I got my liquor license in 2012 that I was the only black person in America with a license to make liquor. Not wine or beer, but liquor. Yeah. Like, you you don't realize that. Like Nah. Cause why would you think about yeah, it? Yeah, interesting. Not um, what they got now. They got Uncle Ernest. Is that 
They, <laughs> na- That's na- now. Now they have four or five black people in the country yeah. who have actual light licenses to make liquor. So like, yay, crazy. yay progress. Yeah, exactly. Inclusion. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? But, yeah. but in all fairness, the, the systemic barriers to, to entry are as close to insurmountable as you can get. Like if you're mm. not starting off with a million dollars, you like you can't you can't even think about it. Right. And I didn't have a million dollars. I didn't. Yeah. But I was stubborn. And and had the had a dream, man, had a vision. And uh, you know, you wanted to day drink. <laughs> we got to market in a ridiculously short time. Like from the time I said I wanted to do this to the time we were actually on market was just about sixteen months. Mm. And from a production standpoint, I know you know yeah. that's no time at all. Like all nah. of all of the legal stuff, all of the production stuff, everything on the market, sixteen months. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. Just the design process alone, you know. You know how many versions people go through of shit. It's just it's Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I designed my own bottle and I literally fought with the designer because he didn't want to execute my design. Like it was like this French guy, oh, you're about to lead this like a football. It cannot be laid on their complex <laughs> curves. And my response to him was, <clears throat> your problems bore me. Dazzle me with solutions. <laughs> Yo, tweet that. <laughs> I swear to God. I said, your problems bore oh, me. Man. Dazzle me. And the solution was a vertical label. <laughs> Boom. Done. That's, wow. Nah, that's hard. Yeah. Now, the thing that I like the most about it is, you know, I grew up with sorrow. Right. So, and it's one of those things you always just wonder, like, damn, why doesn't anybody sell sorrow? And like, you see this shit, like, in the, you know, in, in Royal Caribbean and all right. that, where, you know, they got the sorrow in the in the quarter water juice I container. Know. And it's the, <laughs> it is the fucking you know, worst. It's not, it's, it's not this. But, you know, I feel like what's unique about this is you created a marketable version of this. Like, you know, I'm a a child of immigrants. You know, I was raised in a Jamaican household. Right. And um, I feel like this speaks to me specifically because it looks Americanized, but it got Jamaican in the bottle. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. I knew I had to go middle of the road for the packaging. Like, I got a CVS in the Ozarks in Missouri. (laughs) <laughs> that sells out on a regular basis, That's crazy. right? But Caribbean people were resistant to this, of course, because everybody's mom makes the best out. Yeah, their but, but like I had this, I, you have, I, I've had this argument so many times. People walk up and they're like, "I can make that in my home." You don't, you don't see French people walking into a into a wine store going, "Oh, we make wine at home." Mm. You don't see Japanese people walking into a liquor store going, "Oh, we make sake at home." Motherfucker, support your culture. Yeah, that's fact. Why like, are you in here buying someone that. else's culture? Yeah, damn, that's real shit. You, know, whole, you whole, don't see um, Mexican people going, oh, we make tequila at home. Yeah. Support your culture. Hove says some shit in this freestyle. Oh, niggas are skeptic when it's their own shit. You bought nine iPhones and Steve Jobs is rich. Phil Knight's worth trillions. You still bought those kicks. Spotify's nine billion, they ain't say shit. Lucy, you got some splaining to do. The only one they hating on look the same as you. The only one they hating on look the same as you. For real. <laughs> but that's true. That's sad that, that that's the case, man. Um, damn. So 
Jack from Brooklyn, though, right? So you grew up in Brooklyn. I'm a native son. I grew up in Queens. I've mm. been in Brooklyn since my divorce in 97. Okay. And Brooklyn's home. Yeah, Brooklyn feels good. I got to right? say. Like, I'm, I'm a Bronx dude. I, as It's a good fit. I'm, I'm from the Bronx, but I live in Brooklyn, man. Shit's, I like it here. I, I Listen, I try to, as much as I love the Bronx, I try to avoid it. I only get in trouble when I go there. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, I'm a native son. I know where to go and where to stay the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> See, they, we used to talk like that about Brooklyn, man. Like, dude, you go to Brooklyn, you're getting robbed. <laughs> like, that's how that's going to go. In all fairness, you know, a few years ago, I'd have been the one robbing you. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So that's okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, now, what what type of, were you always into rap? Like, what type of music were you into growing up? My dad was a jazz musician, so I grew up around a little bit of everything. But I was, like I said, I was born in Queens. And where we were at on Murdoch Avenue, you went four blocks and three blocks one way. You had literally Run DMC on Hollis and two or fifth. Went the other direction. You had uh, Tribe Core Quest on Linden and 205. You went the other direction. You had uh, LO Cool J on Farmers. So I I grew up like in the center of where hip hop was being born. Like I I remember every single word still of Rapper's Delight. I remember. All right, can we can we get when something? Rum DNC was opening for for Beastie Boys? Mm. You know, I remember LL Cool J doing. You know. The the first hip hop love song. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall, and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call, telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. There I was, giggling about the games that I had played with many hearts, and I'm not saying no names. Then the thought All occurred to me, but I said right? to myself, "Look what you've done." No one thought about it. I didn't really it. think about that. Yeah. And that's I need real, love. Yeah, that was a dope song too, man. I mean, that still goes hard. Yeah, that still goes hard. Oh hell so yeah! So if you, what, what would you say your rap spirit animal is? Like if if uh, there was another rapper that personified you, who would it be? Uh, if, if there's someone I play every day, it's Biggie. Biggie, your reign on the top was short like leprechauns as I crushed so-called Willie's thugs and rapperdons. Uh. Big, thank biggest, God biggest we got still my guy. Everybody says Jay Z. I nah. like. I, I'm glad that you Jay-Z went with Big. Jay Z ain't been legit since since the second President's album. Man. Ah, Come on, okay. Come on, Jay. Wait, let, let's be honest. Right, Jay Z is the man. However, at a certain point after Big's death. He made the decision to just crank out album after album for commercial success. He stopped trying to be true to any kind of game. He was just like, I'm going I'm to make the most records, sell the most records, and, and, See, and, and props to him for that. For I real. Feel, I feel like his, his recipe was, now, I'm, I'm glad we're having the Jay-Z Biggie conversation. Right. This shit needs to be said. Man. Right. Jay-Z is my favorite rapper of all time, okay. hands down. Okay. However. However. Every single time he was on the track with Biggie, he got roasted. For real. Every, and I actually, like Brooklyn's finest. Who shot your mob ties like Sinatra? Uh, Peruvians tried to do me in. I ain't paid them yet. Trying to push 700s, they ain't made them yet. Rolex and bracelets, frostbit. Rings two niggas riding away, call me igloo sticks. Yo, you came Biggie in second, wrote, son. If Faith had twins, she'd probably have two. Uh. Dude, man. And then he said it again in case you missed it. Two, two pop. Like that's the get it. Like that's the funniest part. Of it. But dude, I, I really and again, like 
I actually, and people give me shit about this. I think that Jay-Z has um, a better catalog than Biggie. You yeah, know? but Biggie didn't have time. Here's, here's, here's the question. Right. If Biggie had lived, would, JB, would Jay-Z be who he is? Probably not. Probably not. Right? Maybe, but maybe, maybe. not. Now, here's the thing, though. When you, when, and the reason I come to this decision is Biggie was alive in 1996. Reasonable Doubt dropped in 1996. Right. What Biggie was spitting in 96 wasn't, like, as a whole, as a whole, as a whole project, I did not get that level of, um, I, didn't get, I didn't get that from Big. You know, what I was getting from Reasonable Doubt. That shit was like... Ten Crack Commandments? Come on. But you know what it is? That Reasonable Re- Doubt is like like street life articulated. Like, he's talking about the emotions for real. that you're dealing with when your friend got shot. Yo, and, for real. You know? Like, but after Reasonable Doubt, for me, everything from Jay-Z fell off. I think and, he, and, 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 and again, that's what props to him. Like, right. motherfucker sold... Hundreds of millions of albums. Your props. You did your thing. Hip hop is part of what it is because of you. We're all grateful. We know that as a human being, you are trying to do this and that for people behind the scenes. Props to Jay Z, but like, you know, he'll come close. He's Jay Z's not about. He's not in my top five. Oh, oh my gosh, my heart. He's not in my top five. Come on, man. All right, so you know. On our break, we're going to play some Jay-Z. We're going to play some Hove that I promise you, you will respect. Because Jay-Z, there's there's certain instances in his career when he decides to just black out. He doesn't black out every track. Right. But Jay Jay can black out, man. There's this joint. You ever heard the Grammy Family Freestyle? Nah. He's spitting on a different level of shit that I feel like... It's so difficult to put those type of thoughts together, man. Hove. But we're going to play some Hove. Aye. Aye. So your top five. Jackie shooting with a high bar. Hove ain't make it. Hove ain't in my top. Hove ain't make it. Hove ain't make my top five, man. Uh, Big is in my five. I hate to admit this, but Pac is in my five. Fair enough. KRS. If you like me, hip-hop is in your box. Who am I? The, the MC. Is in my five. Damn, Skippy. Uh, Nas is in my five. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be real about this, Cardi B is in my five, yo. Whoa. Yo, whoa, 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 whoa. But let me. There's going to be a record skip on this. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me, th- let me throw this at you, right? I was raised by folks who grew up with Jim Crow. And they were taught, like my dad was, like I said, he was a musician on tour, and you had to act a certain way with white folks, otherwise you would end up dead. Mm. Straight up dead. And so I was taught, make people comfortable with you. This is the only way you're going to get ahead in life. Watch how you speak, watch how you talk, watch how you walk, all of this. I give Cardi B props for not having to ever fucking code switch. That chick is who she is every single time, mm-hmm. no matter what. You see her at the Met Gala, she's 
doped out. She's yeah. fly as and she fuck. And she's coming. person at the Met She is being herself 100% of the way. Like, I give the same props to Kendrick, right? Mm-hmm. There's a generation coming out now that does not understand code switching. Yeah. And A, I'm not going to have a top five without a, without a woman in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. All right. Okay. And and B, I can't see someone killing it differently than Cardi is killing it. So let me ask you this: You would put Cardi being your top five over Lauren Hill? Yeah, I have I have to say that because ha- they're gonna wait, drag wait, wait, me wait, in the comments wait, wait, for but not wait, but wait, wait, for not wait, wait, saying it. Wait, wait, who loves Lauren Hill and hasn't made it three hours for her to show up at a concert of hers? Mm-hmm. You pay for a Cardi B concert, at least you know she's, she's showing, showing up, up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Interesting. A- a- okay. And and inarguably, Miss Education Lauren Hill is one of the best albums albums of all time. Facts. What did she do since? <sighs> like she dropped that and then went ghost. Yeah. But but okay, in her defense, to be able to have that level of impact with such a small amount of work. And to also not show up to your fucking shows and still have people consider you the best. No, I, I like I like what you said. And I agree, though. I Well, no, I don't agree with Cardi B in the five. Right, but I love Cardi B, man. And it's not just because she's from her. the Bronx. I love her, man. Like, And it's like you said, she does not switch at all. No. And no. she like, And she's teaching a whole generation of folks that look like us. Like, you can be yourself and still be accepted in society. That's the new level shit. Right. And when you think about the responsibility of art, like art is lasts forever. Right. A hundred years from now, when they look back at 2019 and they're trying to catch the, the nuances and the vibe right. of our culture today, what do they have to look back at? Art, that's it. When you right. look at old fucking... Italian art, you can tell that in this era they were really religious because all the paintings are, you know, Christ and the Bible and all that, right? White guys with little dicks hanging out. <laughs> that, that's what the era was. You know? Nobody was getting slayed like that out there. I'm just saying, like, you know? if, I, if, I had, if I had a little dick like that, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't want people painting me naked on the ceiling. They was just out with it, man. David just, just out there. But, you know, you get the vibe for a entire culture. It's a time capsule. Absolutely. Just like wine is a time capsule. Or it's a snapshot. You know, people give Cardi B shit, but there's a hundred, a thousand Cardi B's in the Bronx right now with fucking Tweety Bird pajama pants in front of the corner store at some rundown Uggs that got the water damage on. (laughs) I'm lying. Salt stains. Salt stains on the Uggs. Yep. you know, you know, you've seen Cardi B, and yep. she is a you. You probably slipped her five back yo, when she was on stage. <laughs> you know, like you and, know, you know Cardi B. You see around, and she is such a good representation, yes. a genuine representation. And she don't play herself, man. Nah. You know, she got a kid, family. She doing her thing, and, and and she's clear about what she's in the so She's like, bitch, pay me. Yeah, straight up and down, and my kids. <laughs> you For know. Real. Pay me and my kids. For real. Um, no, I I I disagree with your five, but I I appreciate it. And okay, so so his 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 part of the problem part of the problem with my five is I feel like rap went through a dead period for a while, man. Mm-hmm. Like 
there's a good 10 year space where like folks are like what is what are y'all doing Tomo- what, what time period is that for you uh, say that again boom like from the from the early odds to the mid teens, shit got a little weird. It was like what? people didn't know what the, they're like. Am nah. I gangster? Am I not gangster? Am I? Yeah, you're right. And like that black hole for me, like, it, I, I I would be bumping my rap tracks and thinking to myself, damn, like this, you know, reminisce is twenty years old, but it's still bumping. I'd still play that over anything that came out in two thousand thirteen. Mm. Oh, I got a song I play every single day. <laughs> Stay far from timid. Only make moves in your hearts in it and leave the case. Live the phrase God's the limit. Mm, motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> See you chumps on top. <laughs> if you yeah. can't if you can't listen to that song and every day feel like getting out of your bed and changing the world, what's wrong with you? Like every I bump that song every that is in my everyday mantras. Mm, that's dope. That's dope. On that note, we're gonna take a pause. We're gonna we gonna play Sky's the Limit, man, because I I think that's a great pairing, you know. Actually, you know what? Let me when we get back, when we get back, I'm gonna give you my pairing. And All right. It's gonna it's gonna fuck you up. But I Good. think you're gonna appreciate Good. it. <laughs> If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hands. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit. Uh, back, y'all. We just, we just vibed out, we chilled, we listened to some pairings. I think that was dope, man. I like, I like where you went with it. So your pairing... You also picked um, Childish Gambino. Childish like Gambino. Feel like summer. This show is really special to me. I'm. It's funny. Like sometimes the universe talks and you try to like figure out what the fuck that means. Right. But um, you know, sorrow. Right. Sorrow was my introduction to wine. Really. One hundred percent. So my mom used to throw Manischewitz wine in nice. the sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yo, that was the only wine that I knew of. Like, this, and for like all you wine dudes, uh, y'all y'all try to figure out that has fucking Concord grapes in it. The same shit as Welch's. <laughs> like, so and nothing against it, but again, that's all I knew. Prior My family to, went straight for the Ray nephews because they're a bunch of heathens. Oh, of course, no, you know that shit. <laughs> that that's that was my first taste yeah. of alcohol. Period. Yeah. You know, well, nah, I had beer first, and then that Ray and F. Mm-hmm. That shit will burn your chest off. But, um, yeah, you know, my, my first uh, encounter with wine was through Sorrow. Um, and, you know, this drink overall, like, you look forward to Christmas right. for Sorrow. Right. Just as a kid, you was hyped to be able to have something alcoholic. Parents didn't really care, you know. Um, but also, um, you know, you know you're a cancer survivor. And um, my mom actually passed away from cancer. I'm and sorry. she was the one, thank you. She was the one, she used to make like amazing sorrow. Yeah. Right? So now we go from my mom, you having cancer, to you making this amazing sorrow. And it's re- representative of our culture and where we are right now, but also it honors tradition and right. keeps right. tradition. Right. You know, this shit just makes sense, man. It feels like this is a, a life pairing right here. So 
Cheers, man. This was dope. Here's, here's something I really feel as a Caribbean person, right? Our food is dope. Slamming. But Caribbean people have not figured out how to incorporate. Marketing. Everybody wants to do a mom and pop thing. And, you know. Can't do that. Well, <laughs> here, here, here's the thing, right? I had to raise capital in order to launch my business. Too many Caribbean people think raising capital is bigger for money. Why are you bigger for money? No. I'm giving people an opportunity to make more money. It like, I, I, I want to make money the way white people make money, with other people's money. Other I'm people's not using money. White people don't use their own money to make money. And they yo, use other people's money. Korean people don't want to borrow no money. No. <laughs> no. No. want to borrow no money. Nah. <laughs> well, like that, it's a, it is a mindset yeah. that, you know, my grandparents came here in the 20s. My parents had the mindset, you know, take care of yourself. Like, I grew up in the 80s. Yo, always use other people's money if, if you can. The, the most credible skill any entrepreneur can, can actually develop is the ability to convince other people to commit their time, their energy, their money, and their uh, contacts to your product. Your, your, you, you can, if you can do that, you're going to succeed at everything. Yeah, you got to help people see your vision. Yeah. You know, and feel as passionately about it as you do. Right. Um, but, yeah, th- th- so this, when I drink this, this reminds me of Christmas, man. So, so I, went, I went non-conventional hip-hop, and I, I went you. to my favorite uh, song that brought me back to Christmas with my family, and it's Stevie Wonder, What Christmas Means to Me. Oh, yeah, candles burning low, lots of mistletoe, lots of snow and ice. Everywhere we go. And also, um, I went with uh, Run DMC Christmas in Hollis. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park, I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my god, a ill reindeer. Again, something I was raised with, awesome stuff. Yo, dude, you want to talk about knowing every word for rapper's yeah. delight? Like, I could stand upside, I could stand up on my head and recite. Christmas in Hollis, submerged in water, <laughs> <laughs> with my arms taped to my sides. That's how well I know that song, yo. Like that in that video, you yeah. know, the video, everything was hard, man. I, that was so. When I drink this, this brings me back to that time. That is ideally what I want for people to experience. Do you remember? Did you see the movie Ratatouille? Yeah. You know that part where the asshole chef takes a bite full of food and he immediately goes back to a point in his childhood that was just the perfect moment? That's what I want people to experience when they taste Sorel. I want people to feel like they're home. And you look, I, I, y'all already know, man. I know there's all my Jamaicans listening to this shit right now. Like Everyone going to be critical. Sorry, his style ain't fucking with my mom. Like Everybody says that, I'm sure. But... And I'm one of those guys that say that. But, yo, this is a, an uh, amazing uh, representation, man. Like, this is this is like, this brings me back home. It really does, you know? And I get that everyone feels that they make the best version. And I want to, you know, be respectful to everybody's grandma, but bring it. Because <laughs> I have put this... In international competitions with billion-dollar corporations, I'm out here and come out here, come out and won every single time. 
Mm. Five stars, Paul Packle, the foremost liquor authority on the planet. Five star, five plus Simon Diffitt, Europe's foremost liquor authority. New York Times called it Christmas in a bottle. Yeah. Star Magazine put it on their celebrity page, called it Creeping Sunshine in a bottle. Yo, I didn't, I didn't have a dollar to spend on marketing. All this came to me. Naturally, wow. So, like, respect for everyone who's doing it. Put your product out there and let's, let's, let's go head to head. I'm all for that. I make Yo. I make the best version of this on the planet at the moment. Jackie bought that smoke. Who wants smoke? <laughs> Who wants smoke, man? Uh, nobody wants these problems. Nobody wants that, man. Um, Jack looked like he would fuck you up too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> FYI, y'all don't sleep. Jack from Brooklyn, still, y'all. <laughs> don't sleep. Don't sleep. <laughs> You know, um, the other thing about this is, and I, again, this feels like one of those shows that just kind of came together. Like when you think about the Jamaican roots in hip hop, like not enough credit. I mean, dude, not nearly enough credit. The fact so dudes were rapping, right? Like actually rapping before quote unquote before that August 11th party happened at 1520 Sedwick Avenue. Right. Real, but not just that. Get on, get on, Mike, man. Not just that, real quick, man. What's up, people out there? <laughs> we gotta, we gotta give them credit for the sound system itself, like bringing the sound okay. systems. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? so like that. that that's what I was getting to. Like the the Jamaican influence on hip hop is crazy. Like you know, uh, you guys, if you haven't, go on Netflix, watch the evolution of hip hop. Amazing! Yeah. Di- I mean, yo, dude, I, w- I had to watch that shit like five or six times. It's yeah, like six episodes or something like that. You will not be disappointed. But it is a step by step guide to how hip hop evolved, even like sonically, culturally. They they talked about everything was perfect. But he talked about how Cool Herc, you know, when he migrated to the United States, um, he came in with that Jamaican style right, of right. DJing, and it was different. You know, it was um, instead of like, you know, it being the way that things were at regular discos where the music just stopped and then it was dead silence until right. the next song came on. He was using the fader and going straight in and yep. r- looping it in smooth. But because he was busy doing all that shit, it's, it, that shit is science, man. Oh, it's complicated. It's very complicated. Like he couldn't talk like Casey Kasem on the radio and shit like that, like people were used to DJs doing. Right, right. So he had to bring the MC in, right, to talk little shit in between while he's getting the stuff going on, you know. But and in Jamaica they were calling that toasting, right. You know, your guys would come up toast on the mic just or chatting on the mic. They would just say a whole bunch of shit. But then it came into you know Jamaicans mad clever. They start saying little clever, funny, cool shit, yep. all types of metaphors and little silly shit, and that's how. It turned into, um, you know, when I was growing up, they was calling it DJing, you right, know. But it's, right. it's just spitting, it's rapping. That's right. what that was called in Jamaica. And I remember, yeah, freestyling, exactly. Like, you would have a dude come on the mic and just start chatting. And they were just going and going and going, a whole bunch of metaphors and cool shit. That was rap. And when I think back, I grew up watching right. my dad and my uncle going right, back and forth right. on the mic. And that was what got me into hip-hop. But it just... You know, it it just um, it just grew on me. But all of that shit comes together on this show. Yeah, it it, it it you know it just it comes together in all those ways. So I feel like the universe is talking to us somehow. I'm not sure what they're trying to say, but we hear you loud. They're trying to say make money and educate motherfuckers. Mm. 
That's right. Cheers, my brother. This is dope. Um, but this is interesting, man, because I really did want to get your um, opinion on, on rap. Uh, what's the last song you listened to? Well, pardon me. I'm sorry. What's the first song that you played this morning? Getting out the crib. Oh, I I have a list I play every day. So the first song I listen to every single morning is John Coltrane, My Favorite Things. Mm. Um, for me, that is the emotional uh, wind-up I need to get my day started. Uh, the last hip-hop song I played, uh, Aquafina. Aquafina, who sings that? Uh, it's a uh, Asian woman out of Queens <laughs> spitting. Yeah. Is she, she got, spitting? She got a she got a song called New York City. This the shit. I cannot lie. She she's legit. Mm. She sound legit. And she and she's rapping. She's yeah. Pretty. Wow. Um, let me see. T, what's your what was the last the first song you played this morning when you got up, man? Uh, we never talked to Terrence, guys. We need to show Terrence some love. To be honest, the first song that I've listened to today, I think it was a future track. It was one of those, I think, Going Dummy, I think it was. It was something, like, <laughs> something real ignorant, you know. Something I shouldn't be listening to the first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but they got me to get, you know, out the dead door and shit. So, so can, I, can I say this, though? Yeah, like, yeah. today was a, I, I stayed home and wrote today. One of, the, one of the things I do is I'm a writer. And when I'm home writing, I put trip hop on in my background. Mm. I find myself a nice YouTube channel. Blast some trip hop, and then I can actually get to my work. <laughs> yeah, I'm on. I'm on the trap vibes. Like right now, I'm listening to T Grizzly. Nice. I really like that dude, man. He he can rap, and he got he's smart. You know, you can tell that he's smart. Um, the Cardi B thing, I'm I'm so surprised. I didn't see that. That one threw me for a loop, man. Well. Again, I'm not mad at either. Well, well, I like it. Well, here's well, my perspective. I'm not going to have my top five and not have a woman in it. I'm not, right? Jackson I, I really y'all. try to <laughs> make sure that I am, to whatever extent possible, being as inclusive as I can be. But if we're talking about women rappers, who do we really dig? Right? Who do you like? Female rappers, um, I like Meg Thee Stallion. Aight. You know, I come across the Make the Stallion video on Instagram, and I'm like, damn, this chick is too bad to be rapping like this. Right, it was it was right. like confusing and bothering. Like I was confused. I was I was taken aback because I'm like, she's too bad to be rapping like this. But yo, this girl can fucking rap, right. man. 
Like, she can really rap. You can't box in this new generation, man. That's the thing. And she's talking some shit, too. Like, she's on that shit. Yep. I'm like, wow. No, nah, I, I, I like her. Um, but now, and this this goes into a good um, a good uh, a good point. Like, are you? What is the reason that you're making sure that you put a female in the top in your top five? Is it because are you are you only putting them in there because they're a female? Are you giving them special attention because they're a female and you want to include them, or is it because you feel like? She just deserves to be both, there. both, and let let me let me explain that. One of the things that I do in hospitality is I teach people about equity, diversity, and inclusion. And equity specifically means understanding that we don't all start from the same place, and giving people that extra space so that they're on the same level. Right? We cannot, in any fairness, say that women have been allowed to compete at the same level of men. They haven't. So it's really on men to say, I'm going to make up the difference. I'm going to make sure that we're working on the equal level. I'm going to give this, even if it means bumping a guy out of the spot, like there's a, guys have enough. Men have dominated this. I and, and on top of the fact that equity means making sure we're all competing on the same level, her shit is dope. I listen huh. to her shit is dope. Cardi B gets me hype, bro. I love Cardi B. I do. Um, I'll play devil's advocate. I'm sorry. No, okay. go ahead. I was going to say to you, and don't forget what you want to say. Yeah. You bring up Lauren Hill, but how does she rank above Missy? You know what? I, if, I had, if I had to judge, if I had, if, no, you're right. You're right. And that's a great point. But if I had to judge, like, Lauren Hill did shit with words that men could not do. True. You know, like, she was, like, dudes didn't want it with Lauren in 97. Oh, nah, nah. Like, she served Wyclef. Lost one? Yeah, yeah. She aired him out. She aired him out and then went to sing on the rest of the record. Like... She is someone that truly didn't like realize her full potential. I know she's going down. <laughs> I don't think it's going to pick up. But she's someone that that really didn't realize her full potential, man. I think she did though. You think so? Yeah, like after you drop Miss Education, what do you do? You vanish. Yeah, you yeah, exactly like on oh, some Eddie and I'm the Cruiser shit. Boom. Like <laughs> you fake your death and go to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, she could live off that album. Yeah, she has been. Yeah, she's been. She definitely. She lived good too. Lauren, Lauren's chilling. Lauren's doing fine. With her eight kids. <laughs> Shout out to my man Rohan, yo. That's my dog. Yo, I was at this. <laughs> this is a fucking hilarious story. So, I was at um this kosher wine tasting. So Amari Stoudemire, basketball player, right? <laughs> Amari Stoudemire is Jewish now. And he has a kosher wine. Yeah, he plays um, in He's the Jewish Jer- now. He lives in Jerusalem. Fuck out of here. No, well, he lives in in. Uh, I'm sure he has property over there at this point. I yeah. I. But he Props. um yeah he he's um he's he's Jewish, and he released a kosher wine. I. Uh, so I went to his uh, his release, and I'm chilling. You know how it goes. Like we we've talked about how it is when you go to these tastings. I'm like the only black person right, in the right. room. Right, but I'm comfy. I'm super comfy. Right there in that in that space, and um, 
there was one more black person. Ooh. You know? So I'm like, I'm chilling. Did y'all have a sword battle? No. There can be only one. <laughs> no, you know what? It's, it started It started with, you know, the nod. Yeah. The nod. You know, we gave each other the nod. Like, yeah, brother. Like, yeah. It's, it's the acknowledgement that yes. I'm in this struggle with you too, bro. Yes. And I see you. So we gave each other the nod. And um, it was kind of one of those, like, either one of us could have went first to grab a, a bottle. Right. And, you know, I stepped back. I was like, no, man, you first. He's like, nah, nah, you go first. You go. And uh, we all had these name tags on. It was an industry thing, so a lot of people had the names of their company mm-hmm. on their uh, on their name tag. So, you know, my name, Crew Love, my shit's on there. And I saw um, on his name tag it said Marley. So I just assumed he worked for some company named Marley or some Marley's shit like that. Too, so, yeah, I'm chilling talking to this motherfucker for, like, 15 minutes. And it's to the point where it's like, you know when you at a party and you got your certain set of people? Right. Like, you may take a loop, but then you go back and you go hang out with that crew at the party. Right, right. Like, he was in my crew. You know, we were chilling. It's him and his man, George. You know, I had my dog Craig there. We were chilling. And in the conversation, like, you know, his man drops it, the fact that he's one of the Marleys. He's one of the Marley kids. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that's why it says Marley on your... They come to find this motherfucker's Rohan Marley. Ro- Lauren's baby father. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this shit is wild. And I've ran into him a bunch of times since that. Like, we In all fitness, there's a lot of Marley. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot there's of a bunch them. of them. There's, there's Bob was busy. Yeah. But but Rohan is into wine, which nice. I appreciate, which was dope. But... um. That it was just a fun. And I, I ran into him one time. I was with Ray. <laughs> we were in this fucking hotel, wow. and this dude walks past. I'm like, "Yo!" He's like, "Yo, what are you doing here?" <laughs> then he see me sitting with Raekwon. He's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it was, it was a funny. Life is funny, funny that way. Rohan Marley shit. Oh, we were talking about women inclusion. So here's here's the devil's advocate side to this, right? I'm with you on this, man. Like, I actually think women are much better people than men. I think that's, like, agreeable. Women are better than men. Like, you could just that's just say that. Um, but, you know, I feel like I don't relate to a lot of female content, so I don't listen to it as much. Like, I think Rhapsody is rapping her ass off. She could rap her way around most of the rappers that are out right now, but I don't Cardi listen B to put out like a song that. called Money and got shit for it. But, but niggas been trying to do that for, for, for the last 30 years. Like, what's the difference? But, why why shouldn't she be able to rap by getting money? Yeah. No, I ain't gonna front. I fucks with Cardi B heavy. Didn't like... That shit, who want to smoke did, with Lil Yachty? Did, did, didn't Biggie and Lil Kim say that like 30 years ago? Yeah. Fuck niggas, get money. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta fuck niggas and get money. <laughs> yo, yeah, I, I wanted to I, I that's that's you make a lot yo, Jackie's a disruptor, man. Yo, shit needs to be fucked up. You a disruptor. Shit I like ne- it. Yo. Shit. Cause the thing is, he'll say some left field shit, but he'll be like, fuck, you right. <laughs> like you you just didn't he comes out of left field with some brand new concept and shit, but fuck you right. To build, you gotta destroy to build. Yeah. Listen, if the system wasn't built to hold us down and break us in the first place, we would need to destroy it. Mm. Right? But, like, mm. the system as it is is working as designed. It's supposed to hold us down. It's supposed to hold us back. It's supposed to suppress us on an institutional level. We need to break shit. Yeah. 
if we're going to continue to, to survive and to thrive. That's all. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and understand that none of this was meant for you. None of it. And if you want to actually get somewhere in this system as it is, it means breaking stuff. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, you really, you do a lot, man. You're like, you're, you are a champion of change. Like, you're someone that is spending the time. Like, people don't respect time, man. You are spending the time to make a difference in the uh, hospitality industry. Like, <clears throat> so can you tell people a little bit about, like, about your movement and what you're doing uh, for diversity and inclusion in hospitality? So I speak professionally about diversity and inclusion and equity in the hospitality industry. And what I try to tell people is we have to figure out how to build the longer table, right? You mm. can imagine that you got a table, you got a half dozen people sitting there, most of the hands are white, most of the hands are male, and there's plenty, and everyone else is starving trying to get theirs. The solution is not always to just give someone a spot. Like, you could just, and you could lengthen your table. You could make, you could literally make extra space for people. And the great part about that is you're still at the table. Like, you didn't lose anything. Table ain't go nowhere. Nah. (laughs) Nah. So what I want people to understand is we all have a level of privilege. We all have a level of oppression, right? Like, I get that I'm a a black man. Uh, So there's things I can do and there's things I can't do, right? Mm. Whatever level of privilege I have, it is my responsibility to use it for someone who does not have those privileges. So as a man... Sexism is a man problem. Like, we could fix that shit if we wanted to. Mm. So I'm always trying to figure out how can I make space at the table for women, right? The same way white people should be trying to how to figure, how to, trying to figure out how to make space for me and you. It's facts. Right? I, I'll tell you, here, here's a perfect example of how this shit works. Last year, I'm on a text thread. I got a bunch of my boys in from out of town, bar people, and they're trying to figure out where to go for the evening. And I'm on this thread, and a colleague's name comes up, and I see the conversation suddenly gets really sexist. Mm. And I'm reading this, and I have three thoughts in my head. A, these are my boys. B, my boys think I'm okay with this. C, if I don't say something, I'm complicit. So I, I, I pipe up and I go, y'all are going to make me be the responsible one. I need you to refer to our colleague in a different way. Mm. And the thing that comes back is first thing that always comes back, oh, it's just jokes. It's all good. And I said, Locker to, room talk. I said to the group, bunch of black guys, the way you're talking about this woman right now is the way people use the N-word about you when you leave the room. And suddenly, like, they were like, oh. We're being assholes, yeah. Y'all mm. need to y'all need to pick this yeah, shit yeah. up. So I given the opportunity and there's always opportunity, I wanna see how I can make life better for somebody else because we're in the middle of a story that's been going on for centuries. We're in the middle of this. Mm. We have no idea how it ends. We know how it began, but we're the stewards and it is our responsibility to take the sacrifice and the examples that came before us and make it easier for those who come after us. 
That's all. This, this is it. Like I figured out, it's not about me. The less it's about me, the better it is for everyone involved, including me. My job is to make the day brighter for everyone else. Wow, yo, man, you, dude. This is a person that you just gotta. You can't take anything away from this guy, man. Like, this, I, I'm. This is. I'm speechless, bro. That that this is from real. Oh, shit. next place, let's have some more to drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, 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 yeah, for real. Toast, man, definitely. Um, so what's next? What's next for you? I can't really discuss what's next. However, I will say that my goal. In the liquor industry for the next 20 years is to correct uh, a major wrong that I see. And the major wrong that I see is there isn't equal access to equity. There aren't enough people of color who own, there aren't enough people of color and women who own things. Mm. So my path, I believe, for the next 20 years is to try to figure out how to make more black people and women owners. Mm. Because if you don't like Prince it, if you don't own it, it owns you. You know what, man? And, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, that's a big part of why I do what I do the way I do it. You know, like, I, I didn't know that the wine industry existed. Like I said, it was all about, man, the Chevy's wine for me and sorrow before that. Um, and the wine industry opened me up to the rest of the world. It opened me up to, to culture, food. Oh, hell yeah. You know, everything. And... Um, so I'm big on that as well. And, like, when I saw um, what happened to Nipsey Hussle, you know, like, I'm, I'm one of those dudes. Yeah. I, still, I'm, I still be in the hood. I looked at him as an inspiration to yeah. hope that I could get on that level to be able to give back on the level that he was. What he, he was doing what we're talking about yep. right here. He was yep. building that. Yep. From, and, like, in, in his fucking own hood is what did that to him, man. In your hood, that was yo. That it fucked me up. It really, really like Ask T, man. Like for weeks, because of what he stood for, it bothered me so much. So, how do you feel about like, you know, moving forward with the initiatives that you have? Is that although when you see things like that, like what's the first thing you say to yourself? The the phrase that comes to mind is crabs in a ba- in a bucket. But crabs are not meant for a bucket. That's not their natural environment. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to do, you put them in a bucket, they're, they're going to fight. Do it, yeah. Right? But crabs are meant to be able to stretch it in the entire fucking ocean. Right? So my goal is how do we move people out of the bucket and into the ocean? Mm. What happens, and this is just a, an honest conversation. I'm, I'm with you. These are just my questions. All right. What happens when those crabs that you're trying to take out fight against you? I let people come against me. I, I like my my company is called Jack from Brooklyn. You want to scrap? Like, I'm all for it. <laughs> I got all the smoke you want here, bro. This is a pack of Newports, motherfucker. What you want? What they say? <laughs> what what what? It, uh, come on now. What, what, what's the song? Punks niggas, jump up no, to get n- beat down. N- n- niggas from Brooklyn got crazy loot. <laughs> Why? Yeah, everybody love to shoot, man. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, I, I, I don't take it personally. Like I understand that I occupy a position of a of a particular kind of visibility, and that means people are gonna want to take shots at you. 
I'm not nearly as delicate as I look. It's okay. <laughs> folks, folks can come for me. When they do, there's going to be nothing but love. Because if I'm good on the inside, nothing outside can hurt me. Mm. Well, for, like, I'm the youngest of five. You can't hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know what I, I've been through? I'm the youngest of five in a Caribbean household. Oh, man. You know what I've been through. Yeah. You can't hurt, I'm a, you can't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely caught some licks. <laughs> definitely caught some. Dude, I saw that it bothered me so much, man. Because I'm like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. Is that what is that was yeah? Was, but, what but, happens? But but, happen? but here's the thing, right? Again, we're talking about systemic uh, barriers. Yeah. That that is the system working how it's how it was designed to go. Everything's yeah. political. Damn. Wine is political. Yeah. Booze is political. Yo, look, I heard this dude talking about some fucking. Tax on imports from France. I don't like that. Thank you. That's where I like my wine from. <laughs> Thank you. You yeah. know, I love, I love, there's a lot of great domestic wines, man, but my favorite region in the world is Burgundy. Hey. You know, I got partners in Italy. <laughs> you know, we got, we got stuff to do. We got a lot. We, 2020 is going to be an interesting time, man. It's only 2019, but my vision is 2020. It's hey. perfect. Um, well, now you're out here spitting verses. Yeah, look, look, I got look. You know, this is what the sorrow does. When I'm off, when I'm off the sorrow, when I'm off the sorrow, you don't know what you're gonna get, man. You don't know what you're gonna get. Look, TT, like, let me get some more of that sorrow. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I, oh, wait, like, like I said, the bottle is mostly gone. We've been out yeah. here for what less than an hour, man. Yo, Jack, you have a product to be. Proud of, dude. Thank you, sir. From from, I, I will put my stamp on this wholeheartedly. Like this is an amazing representation of something that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, to me, definitely. For me, this is my ancestors. That's what this is, and that's what the, yo people get lost in this shit about like trying to put out a dope brand. People don't understand. It actually has to have a story. It actually has to mean something. It should mean something to the person that's also creating it. Right. It should mean something to you, the person that's enjoying it. This does that, man. Yeah. This is real shit, y'all. Like, yo, go out. Where can people find sorrow? Keep your eyes out for 2020. Yes, sir. And where can everyone find you? Jack from Brooklyn. I'm easy to find. (laughs) Come to Brooklyn. (laughs) Like if you Google Jack from Brooklyn, I'm who, I'm who comes up. Um, any books? Come? I feel like you should write. Some books. I got I got a book come. I got a book I'm working on right now that if it comes out the way that I hope it will, will be my magnum opus. I, I can see so that. so here's here's the premise of the book. Right, it's revisionist history, but the problem I have with most revisionist history is they don't go back far enough. They go back to a point where white guys are still in charge. <laughs> I go back to a point where we could actually make it so white guys never got to be in charge. And the whole world is dominated by African influence mm. instead of European. Man, I, I wanna I wanna hear I'm dying for the book. Shit, I want the movie. I was about to say that. I want the movie, man. Damn. So what's his name? Um the dude, the dude that did uh, Black Panther, he directed Black Panther. That Coogler, movie Ryan Coogler. Yeah, they're doing a movie on on Mansa Musa right now. He did a good job with Black Panther, man. I give him, I give him a fucking. Problem. And and again, I'll give Ryan Coogler credit. He's he's another one of these new generation. He does not code switch. 
Yeah. He's who he is. Yeah, yo, he's super, he's super <laughs> Cali. But, he's but, very but, Cali. But he's, I'm like, this, he's, you, he's, yo, you directed this shit? He's super Oakland. If we're, He's Oakland yeah. to, to death. He is. Yeah, man. He is authentic as fuck. <laughs> he's authentic as a mother. Yo, dude, and, and, but I'm the, listening to an interview with him. I'm like, you, you sure you directed this movie? You sure? Right? <laughs> but that's because we're, we were raised to make white people feel comfortable. He has figured out, just like Cardi B, how to be himself and be in a capitalist society and be incredibly talented without making anyone feel comfortable about yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, arti- the, like artists are usually, like, you can be you, yourself you, as an artist, you know? To a certain extent. I mean, like, we look at what happened to Sammy Davis Jr. I, I had a conversation uh, with Vine Pear. And they were Good asking, folks. like, yeah, I, I love them, man. Good and folks. that magazine. Props to Vine Pair. Yo, props to Vine Pair, man. But no, I, I we had a conversation, and uh, she asked me, like, you know, what do you do it for? Like, why do you do this? What do you want your legacy to be? And when I sat back and thought about it, because that fucked me up. You right, know, I'm like, right. damn, I, like, who thinks about that? But with, with what I'm doing with Crew Love, with wine and hip hop, I want us to tell this story. Right. Because there is a wine and hip-hop culture that's happening but i don't want another person to come and tell this story for us the same way that it did with graffiti the same way it would rap like that's why you got fucking rapping duke <laughs> that's why i do what i do man because i'm like look we're doing this shit we're here we're doing this. but Thank and you. like this look at what we're doing right here right this happens but this isn't what you see or know when you think about how wine is enjoyed this is how I enjoy wine. This is what I do. You know, this is how I learned about wine. To we're not drinking wine today, but I mean, no, we're drinking everything today. Yeah, we drink. We, yeah. we are. Yeah, we are. Yo, shout out to my brethren, Andre, Matt. We drinking For some real. OPP too, man. We got we got the Pinot Noir here popping as well. But um, no, man. I, I think that uh, I think that you know, for what I'm doing right here, for what for what we're doing. Like, we are champions of change. You know, we trying to shine a light on what's really going on. I think that you are. It's funny, man, because I've, I've seen, um, I've seen your, your uh, seminar, and you break down the different types of agents of change that there are. And one of, the, one of those is a disruptor. And I'm not a disruptor. I love disruptors. But... I'm Bullshit! A, you're not. I don't know, man. Wait, I, wait, wait. Just, who who else is who else is talking about wine and hip hop? <laughs> Let me put this into perspective. Run DMC and Aerosmith. What's the song? Walk this way. And how did that fuck up the industry? It did. It didn't. All right. And what's the song this year that's fucked up the industry? Can nobody tell me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 1980s, it was hip hop and rock. Now the, and and now it's hip hop and country, but yo, we started country in the first place, so it's not really that big of a that thing for us. We let's, invented country. Let's, let's talk about cowboys. We invented cowboys. Thank you. Damn. Thank you. This got some weight. Yeah, but like this is what erasure does. It makes you feel like you were never part of that picture. We've been here. Mm. That's so, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right, but you're combining things that people don't think work together when they've been together all along.
thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Listen, and thank you for creating, you literally you created the space out of nothing. Thank you for this. Yo, we just out here doing what we do, man. You know, this is how we chill at the crib. All right, if, um, the, if you got a hip hop song that, that, that summarizes this session, what would it be? <laughs> Wait, I gotta, I gotta think of my song though. A song that summarizes this session. Um, I'm gonna go with uh. Damn, what the fuck, man? Damn, I stumped the wolf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> word, yo. You know what? The, the sorrow, yo. The, the sorrow's done, man. <laughs> Told the you, sorrow, the sorrow I told got you he was going to finish the bottle. Yeah, man, he did. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'll, I'll say this, though, right? We drank a bottle of this in a little over an hour, but you don't actually get an alcohol drunk on this. Nah. It's hibiscus, ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, clove. Nutmeg is a mild narcotic. Okay. So you might not yeah, get drunk, but you get a little high. <laughs> well, now. Which is not a terrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> Right? Um, it's a very mild buzz. Yeah. I I, I'm not qualified to speak with authority on wine or hip-hop. <laughs> I'm just an aficionado. <laughs> I do think that this was a special um, a special episode. So the one that, that this, uh, what this reminds me of is this right here. Turn, turn that shit on, man. And we gonna we gonna roll out to this, y'all listening. Y'all ain't gonna y'all ain't gonna know, but we'll know in the room. This is wine and hip hop. Jack, thank you again for coming. Absolute classic. Pleasure. This concludes another moment in wine and hip hop. Presented to you by Jermaine Stone, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wine.